Hello, Assalamualaikum everybody. Hope you're all safe, sound and healthy. And now I am going to basically talk about the once again trending topic of returning uh, or deporting of the illegal Afghan community in Pakistan. As we know, now I mean, the reason why I'm talking about this and the reason why it is once again trending is because once again America has tried to interfere in this process yet again. And the reason is, if we go back in history, the reason why I'm saying it again and why it's trending again and all is because originally the uh, whole process of re- of deportation of illegal immigrants um, from Pakistan uh, was uh, started by Musharraf and his time because he had realized the potency, um, you know, because uh, this is something that actually I myself personally started thinking about um, in harsher terms because to be very honest uh, our people as you know are essentially very carefree um, which is not always a good thing as you can see because Pakistan has always been um, known as a hospitable nation so we actually do have one of the largest number of um, refugees and immigrants in the world okay um, the reason I'm saying refugees and immigrants is because the um, people that came from different countries, especially Afghanistan, they first came as refugees. So Pakistan has the largest number of refugees and illegal immigrants in the world. Yes, I know now in the in the last year or so, one or two other countries have exceeded um, in in numbers. And so now Pakistan may no longer be the one having the largest number, but still, we are at the top three. Um, And anybody trying to deny it has a problem going on with them. Why? Because when Shabash, uh, sorry, when Musharraf, when when Musharraf was president and uh, he initiated the whole process of deportation, America tried to interfere. America, in fact, at that time, tried to threaten Pakistan, um, um, you know, ordering them ordering us not to, um, you know, deport Afghanis and not to make them go back to their country. Um, And, you know, um, Musharraf dealt with it pretty, I think, pretty decently. Um, He had started making the borders, he had started making gates, and then he eventually closed those borders and he closed those gates. Um, now, this process was continued uh, later on uh, by, I mean, the process, you could say, sort of laxed in between, um, thanks to the corrupt governments back in power like Zardari and Nawaz Sharif. Uh, what started happening was that the um, the corrupt governments, they actually used Nadra to give many of these illegal Afghanis Pakistani passport and Pakistani ID. So yes, Nadra was heavily involved. Now Nadra can pretend to be that it's all, you know, um, pure and clean and it never did a, it never did anything and it was never involved. But the truth is that it came out, it was in the news, it became a big issue, it became a scandal that Nadra itself was involved in giving um, illegal Afghanis Pakistani passports and Pakistani ID cards. Now, because of that, um, once again, when Imran Khan came in, uh, when when it when Imran Khan took the premiership, when he became prime minister, uh, once again, 
the uh, efforts of you know a settlement of the afghani community uh, was taken up and imran khan had uh, started this new policy where he said that listen we're welcoming and anybody and everybody who wants to settle in pakistan and we will help them settle but uh, those um who do not wish to um okay let's put it this way actually let's make it more easier those who have already been here for at least 2 to 3 generations albeit as illegal uh citizens they should be given citizenship whereas those who um have recently arrived they need to go back and in fact pakistan literally paid yes paid these people to go back so what the pakistani government started doing is that they um you know they contact they made contact with all the illegal afghanis and they literally paid them money so that they could go back to afghanistan and they would have some sort of finance in hand with which they can sort of settle down um until they find a more permanent uh solution you know financial solution so pakistan's government literally started paying illegal afghanis to help them to settle back in their own country in return the afghani government behaved extremely violently and badly towards um the pakistani government towards the pakistani um even pakistani visitors because remember we have given afghanistan a route a trade route and it's basically for free and afghanistan seems to think that it owns that route now just like how india acts as if it owns everything that belongs to us um and though india is actually benefiting from that free route that we have granted to afghanistan and uh in that trade route obviously it goes to both ways so where traders come in from afghanistan to pakistan they will also go out to afghanistan from pakistan and so people who uh were traveling to and fro um they were very badly mistreated they uh by the afghan authorities and you know one of the biggest concerns of the pakistani community um or should we say of pakistani government um has always been the fact that um when that afghanistan has never been a peaceful country and because of that afghanis have always flooded in millions you see not hundreds not thousands but in millions into pakistan which is already quite a populous country and although pakistan is essentially a very very rich country and a very resourceful country the truth is that pakistan has never been allowed to exploit its resources because one of the biggest problems pakistan has always faced has been smuggling and as i've talked about it in my previous episodes as well some of the major players in smuggling are obviously connected to our government and army and establishment um you know the same traitors that keep on coming over and over again but again an- another another huge key player in smuggling is obviously the afghans so that's the problem you see that's the biggest problem that we have had with the afghan community is um most of the crime rate um uh you know the the 
the sharp increase in in violent crime rate and in other crime other crimes um that is mainly attributed to the illegal immigrants that does not mean to say pakistanis are all pure and clean no obviously as i've said before our own illegal governments have been involved in heavy crimes but no we're talking about the general crime rate that you have again with major major um uh you know a specialization you can say in smuggling so as we know one of the one of the most dangerous things that pakistan has had to combat within face um since uh giving the trade route to afghanistan was drugs and as we know even today pakistan after uh, just a very small relief worth of hardly two decades um you know once again pakistan is engulfed in drugs as i've said before um schools are no longer safe drugs are being introduced in schools in canteens and cafeterias in the form of candies where p- children are exposed to uh meth without even knowing it because they're coming in candies and you know then by the time they reach elementary they are already basically addicted and so we have this huge addiction problem going on in pakistan again i would repeat after a very short time relief worth of almost two decades um and this drug this whole uh, drug addiction drug smuggling thing began when the trade route was opened for afghanistan to enable pakistan to take its goods to india and how did afghanistan uh thank pakistan for this by flooding pakistan with drugs so this was something that the pakistani community has always cursed zial haq for that he was the a hole who flooded pakistan with weapons and drugs because weaponry and drugs these are the two main items that afghanis have always smuggled now as i've mentioned even before now here's another thing that gets smuggled um into afghanistan from pakistan in which i do think that the um illegal government uh you know as in nawaz sharif and zardari and their likes uh, they are also heavily involved in because they are owners of flour mills as well and so that is yes the smuggling of flour the reason why despite the fact that pakistan grows enough wheat to feed um you know not just our country but at least four to five different countries um we have been always number one in exports of wheat and now suddenly we have wheat shortage you know in these past few years why simple smuggling flour gets smuggled to afghanistan rice gets smuggled to india now again the two, one of the key parties here involved are you know the flour mill owners who are once again um directly involved with nawaz sharif zardari in other words the uh, pakistan muslim league and the people's party members okay but the other again the other key player is the afghanis themselves so then we have cars we have always had smuggling of cars um from afghanistan 
um, although that that actually essentially sort of gets limited to um, KPK and maybe Sindh side Balochistan at the most um, you you don't see it come um, to the other inner provinces of Pakistan so it's usually you know within the border bordering provinces now so then we again street crime um, and uh, you know that also so I mean the 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 whole problem um, with having um, such a huge number of illegal immigrants where they falsify um, their citizenship they get Pakistan passports and then they use Pakistan passport to travel into different countries which is why actually this is also one of the reasons why um, uh, Pakistani reputation took a great hit um, you know, in the recent past years. And that is because these are not Pakistanis. These are Afghans traveling with Pakistani passports. And again, these are illegal. You know, they are not actually, um, you know, naturalized or legalized or, you know, they've not been given citizenship by Pakistan authorities. These are, you know, fake papers that they have. So, um, so... You know, so this was a, a very huge concern for more than a decade, really, for almost two decades. So, you know, when Imran Khan also initiated this peaceful, um, you know, a gesture of, okay, those Afghans who have um, businesses in Pakistan, who have settled, who have two to three generations now living in Pakistan, we owe it to them. Although, to be honest, um, at that point, I kind of disagreed with all of that. But yes, I understand his point of view too. So he said that, you know, we owe it to them that we should at least give them a citizenship and accept them as Pakistanis, right? Unless they want to leave. If they want to leave, then that's up to them. Um, but the uh, but those, those recent, um, you know, influx, the incoming population, they need to go back. As I said, they were literally paid to go back. Now, um, the problem is that every single time we initiate, uh, you know, deportation of Afghanis, it's really strange how America always seems to have a problem with it. One would ask America, if you um, are so much in love with the Afghani people and if you are you know such a great sympathizer of Afghanistan why did you attack it why did you even try to attack it in the first place right number two since you attacked Afghanistan and you created all that unrest and you created all that chaos and crisis actually it's your responsibility it's your responsibility now to give immigration to the Afghanis, you know, or to let them go to, you know, to America. Let them let them go to America and let them get refugees there. I'm uh, sorry, let them get refuge there, right? So why, I mean, you know, politically, Afghan, uh, Afghanistan is politically um, not an ally of Pakistan. It is an ally of India. And yet, whenever something happens in Afghanistan, they don't go to India, they come flooding into Pakistan. Then suddenly Pakistan becomes their brother, you know. Then Pakistan needs to take responsibility as a fellow Muslim country. But politically, there are alliances with India. So 
this is also a problem that I personally have with, um, you know, the relationship between Pakistan and Afghanistan is that Pakistan is always trying to help Afghanistan, but Afghanistan is always backstabbing Pakistan. So I think that actually India and America are responsible. And if India wants to maintain involvement and interference in Afghanistan, and if America also wants to maintain involvement and interference in Afghanistan, then they damn well need to take responsibility for the Afghan citizens. Pakistan should not have to take responsibility for the Afghan citizens. And now even again, recently, once again, so I mean, you know, if people are trying to say that the new uh, chief of army, Asim Munir, is, you know, doing a great job initiating, he's not initiating anything. No, I'm sorry. This was initiated by Pervez Musharraf, and then it was continued by Imran Khan. And why? Because this was a legitimate, this is a legitimate, um, you know, uh, duty and process every country every single country goes through it every single country um, has immigration policies and every single country does a crackdown of illegal immigrants and when they find them they all deport them okay no country gives any illegal immigrant any favors neither europe nor america nor canada nor australia and so why should pakistan why is pakistan forced to keep more than it can even afford. As I said, Pakistan already has a huge population of its own. And then you have millions and millions of Afghanis. And these millions and millions have become billions, actually, over the years. So if you are, again, so much in love with the country you just tried to destroy, um, then please, by all means, uh, let them live in your own country. Okay, U.S. of America, do your due diligence and then do your duty. It's not ours, number one. And number two, who the hell are you, once again, to tell us not to deport them? And now America is actually warning Pakistan and threatening once again. But this time their threatening has come with a new twist. Now they're saying, uh, you know, do not deport the Afghanis who plan to relocate to America. Okay, they plan to relocate to America. They can relocate from Afghanistan. Right now, you're buddies with Afghanistan, right? Everything is, uh, you know, all peaches and cream between you and, you and Afghanistan. As far as I know, um, the latest uh, batch of Taliban, um, you know, they are, in fact, they're not even the latest. They are the, the actual batch of Taliban that has been working with America throughout, you know, as their, um, as part of their, you know, CIA umbrella, whatever you like to call it. So they're their umbrella agents, and they've been working in the Balkan War, and then later on they started in Afghanistan and all. You do, you say whatever it is you want to say, but they're not the actual Taliban. The actual Taliban of, of Afghanistan are those people who have been struggling to, to rid Afghanistan from any and every in, invader, right? But this, but this the, 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 the Taliban that people keep hearing about, you know, the Taliban that keeps taking... Uh, responsibility for alleged terrorist activities within Pakistan and in and uh, Afghanistan. That is actually 
the Taliban that you see now, now, the, the, the same Taliban that now suddenly America is all buddies with, okay? So these are essentially, all they always were a part of the CIA and they still are a part of the CIA, okay? So America is already buddies with Afghanistan and they have always been buddies with the Taliban. So what's the big deal here then? Why can't we deport the Afghanis back? And why can't they relocate to America from Afghanistan? You know, yeah, I mean, allegedly you had a lot of um, Afghanis who helped you, according to you. Um, but to be honest again, those Afghanis who helped you, um, you abandoned them even before. You never even helped them to relocate to America in the first place. Many of them, um, you know, either got lost or died or just stayed behind in the whole process. So yeah, don't you give us that, you know. Don't even start with us on that. Because it's a fact that you abandoned many of your Afghani spies, okay, your so-called heroes. Your heroes are their country's traitors. It's as simple as that. And still, they're surviving in their own country. Either they fled to Pakistan or they survive in their own country because you, you don't even help them go to America despite all the promises that you give them which is actually why they help you, because you promised them that you'll give them the American passport, which you never do. So yeah, what relocation? You know, again, if you seriously want to relocate Afghanis, why haven't you done that yet? What were you waiting for all this time? I, I don't get it. Does anybody get it? Because I don't get it. Yeah, it's all a lot of bull crap going on here. I think America basically, as always, just wants that it's planted spies and terrorists remain in Pakistan so that Pakistan can never, ever, ever, um, you know, regain its sovereignty. It's as simple as that. America has always wanted to cripple Pakistan and America has used India to cripple Pakistan and India and Afghanistan and America have always worked together to do that. Every single um, terrorist activity recorded in Pakistan has been directly, directly evidenced to be by India, by the CIA, and by Afghanis. Okay, all these three have been involved in every single terrorist activity. And again, half of those, or at least more than half of those terrorist activities were not without the, uh, you could say, the aiding and abettance of Pakistan authorities. Because it is absolutely impossible that the Pakistani authorities would fail to know. I mean, these are those people who seem to know what conversations politicians are having in their bedrooms. So you know what conversations politicians and judges um, and bureaucrats are having in their bedrooms, what prime ministers are having in their bedrooms, but you don't know about the conversations that are happening amongst terrorists? Yeah, impossible. Yeah, because you're working with them. You're aiding them. You're, you know, you're working with them, okay? You're enabling them, in other words. You're using them because it comes to your benefit. Like how it's amazing how every time Nawaz Sharif wants to um, take over, there's always a terrorist incident. 
you know, every time the army wants to take over, there's always a terrorist incident. It's amazing the timing of it all. So we know, we're all aware of the fact that whenever the so-called Taliban claims responsibility for a terrorist activity in Pakistan, it means that our army is behind it, or our intelligence agencies is behind it. Yeah, it's as simple as that. I mean, it's, it's clear as day, right? Or whenever there is a problem in Balochistan, we all know that it is India. Every single person, his wife and child, everyone is aware of the fact that India is involved in every single terrorist activity that has happened, will happen, and, you know, will continue to happen in Balochistan. And similarly, in certain parts of Sindh, again, it is always India. Every single time you catch a raw agent and you find out that there are terrorists, you know, that he has a whole terrorist cell in Sindh. So, yeah, we all know that. We know who the people are masterminding these terrorist activities because these terrorist activities are very, very politically timed, okay? They're politically aimed and they're politically timed. So we know who's behind them. We can see through it. Just like how we saw through your, your you know, May false flag, whatever it was that you were trying to do. You know, we can see through all of it. We can see through all the false flag operations. So here, basically, once again... Um, America is issuing orders to Pakistan and obviously because Pakistan is right now directly under America because Pakistan's constitution, Pakistan's law, Pakistan's justice system, Pakistan's framework has all been thrown out the window as we can see. Um, the public as I've said before is extreme is extremely frustrated and the public is extremely depressed the fact that these people are openly, very openly, very blatantly, very shamelessly um, committing crimes against the people, committing treason against the people, very blatantly they are working against the state um, so shamelessly um, that shows that in their minds Pakistan has already been sold off to America. And the public is not accepting that because the public still claims ownership of the state. Why? Because the public is the real owner of the state. And so, as I've said before, you're dealing with the wrong generation right now because this generation is not your generation that would sit back and let you do whatever it is that you're trying to do. My generation and the next two generations after me are pissed off, okay? And that is why the caretaker prime minister, when he thought, first of all, who had this, this wise idea that the caretaker prime minister should visit Lums? I don't even know. And why did Lums even accept him as a guest? I don't know. Because the students sure as hell didn't. The students stood up and they asked him very brutal, very harsh, very politically aware questions. And the students were very polite in their questioning but very direct, as opposed to the caretaker Prime Minister Cocker, who showed the roots that he belongs to. He shows the kind of family background that he has by the way he answered them. Um, he was rude. He was literally 
um, rude towards the male and female students, you know, and he he basically flaunted his ignorance while trying to tell them off for being ill-informed. He flaunted his own ignorance. The first question that was asked from him was a very valid question that he's a caretaker prime minister and he can't even observe punctuality. So a person who cannot even observe punctuality is the caretaker of the caretaker prime minister of Pakistan. What can one expect from that person? Yeah, because the man actually went there 50 minutes late. 50 minutes late. You're a caretaker prime minister. What the hell is there for you to do to be 50 minutes late? Why? You had another family trip that you had to take at our expense? I mean, what the hell? You know? And upon asked this very valid question, um, he was offensive towards the student, although the student was very polite. Um, and then a female student asked him, um, again, very politely, but very directly, that why is his government not following the constitution? Why are they going against the constitution? Why haven't they announced the elections? They have um, been staying here well past their time, and as such, they should no longer even exist. This caretaker government should not no longer even exist. Their their ninety days are up. You know, um, the provincial assemblies that were broken down, their ninety days were up long time ago, and so. Why are they not preparing for elections? And why are they still sitting there when constitutionally they no longer have the right to? You know, and why isn't he doing his job? And he was very offensive towards her as well. Um, I mean, that shows the fact that you're blatantly, you the fact that you are so blatant in your disrespect and disregard for the public the same public who actually owns you. He was trying to say, and that shows how ill-informed, as I said, he flaunted his ignorance and he flaunted his lack of information, lack of awareness, when he was trying to say that he is not a servant uh, of the public, but actually you are the servant of the public, you mofo. What the frack do you think you're doing sitting there? Are you royalty? Did you buy the land? You, you couldn't even afford a goddamn two-wheeler. I mean, you belonged to a family that earned black money. I mean, you're here where you are through corruption and treason. How dare a person like you talk to us about, you are our servant. Whatever you have is our money. Hell, you had to take a trip at our expense. I mean, you are such a mofoing person poverty-stricken a-hole that you couldn't even go to America and France and England at your own expense. No, you had to take all these three trips and you had to take your whole family with you to enjoy these trips for free. Why? It was at our expense. Like, screw you, man. And this is what is happening in Pakistan again because of America. Again, America needs to get down on its knees and apologize to Pakistan, okay? America may have think it has bought Pakistan, but you, I'm sorry, you cannot buy a land from somebody that does not own the land. We own the land. We did not sell it. The people you think you've bought the land from, they don't own it. 
keep that in mind and this is me signing out for the office